Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Student of the Gun University, a place for education and enlightenment. We help you gain a new perspective and understanding of firearms training. Your teacher today will be Professor Paul Markle, a veteran small arms and tactics instructor with 30 years of knowledge and experience. Grab your number two pencil, turn to page one, and let the learning begin. All right, ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen and ladies, thank you very much for joining me for yet another Student of the Gun University podcast. Remember, this is short form, easy to digest, single topic so that you don't get confused. <laughs> and it's easy for you to listen to on the way to or from work or whatever you're doing, even on a treadmill. But uh, keep your eyes open and pay attention. Don't fall on the treadmill. All right, today's subject, aftermarket parts for fighting rifles. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Americans love their guns, don't they? Americans love their guns. A the AR-15, I know AR stands for Armalite. It is the Armalite Model 15, and there was ones before that. There was the Armalite Model 14, 13, 12. <laughs> if you go back, actually, you could search it. The AR-10 is obviously the most famous other than the AR-15. You had a 10, a 15. You had an AR-180, also known as an AR-18. But let's talk about the American rifle, the stoner-based, the Gene Stoner-designed AR-15. If you there, there's well essentially a multi-million, multi-million dollar industry that surrounds the AR. You've got aluminum rails, you've got plastic handguards and parts, you've got uh, well pretty much anything you could close your eyes imagine to bolt on, screw on, strap on to an AR. What do you really need and what don't you need? Do you need aftermarket parts for your fighting rifle? Now, you see, the AR-15 uh, started out life as a fighting rifle. It was designed. Uh, originally, it was picked up by the Air Force Security Police, and then it was adopted by the United States Army, and, you know, you know the rest of the history, and the rest is history. It was designed to be a fighting gun. Whether and if you look at the original, some of the original Colt advertising, it was advertised for law enforcement, and it was advertised as a civilian defense, as a defensive gun to protect your home and so forth. But what do we use the AR for now? We use it obviously for fighting, but we also use ARs for matches for competitions, whether they're action competitions, you know, the shoot 'em up three-gun stuff. We have precision rifle matches where people use AR-style guns. We have a lot of people taking their ARs to the field and hunting. I have killed, I have killed and taken game uh, for, I don't know, not quite 20 years with some type of an AR. So, I mean, I've killed groundhogs and prairie dogs and coyotes and hogs, and, and, and I've even taken deer and so forth uh, with an AR. So when we're talking about the AR, we need to first say, what is our goal? What is our goal for this particular object? And if your goal for that particular object is fighting, if you're looking at that rifle, 
and you say, this is an instrument of liberty. This is for fighting. That other stuff might be for games or hobbies or recreation or sport or whatever. But this item right here, this is for saving my life and the lives of my family. This is for defending the homestead. Okay, this is an instrument of liberty right here. So if you're talking about a fighting rifle, if you're talking about an instrument of liberty, do you need aftermarket parts on that? And should you? Should you add aftermarket triggers? Let's go ahead and talk about triggers first. I had a, a discussion with a, a gentleman in the industry last summer, and he was uh, telling me that uh, had people, well, they, they sold, in addition to new stuff, uh, new rifles and new parts and so forth. They also offered surplus ammunition and they got a lot, uh, of a lot as in a, a large, not a large amount, but a lot of ammunition that was in, it was in ammo cans and it was a seven, six, two by 51 NATO or 308. And I bought some of it from him and I was talking to him and he goes, he said, now, if you, if you're running that through, uh, a match AR, you might have problems. And I'm like, I said, well, <laughs> that's not going to be a problem because I'm going to run it through an FAL. Uh, it was actually a DS Arms uh, gun, an SA-58. And he said, okay. He said, because we've had people buy that and then complain that they're getting light primer strikes. I was like, oh, really? He goes, and what's the next question? He goes, and I said, what are you shooting it out of? I got a match grade AR-10, and then, and I'm getting light primer strikes. And this is when people who are in the, are in the industry and, or actually no guns say, yeah, no kidding, mongoloid. Uh, you probably have a 3.5-pound trigger in your match grade AR, and it has a very light or a much lighter than factory standard or mill spec hammer, hammer spring. You see, the lighter the trigger, if it's super light, it's a, uh, what happens is that you get a light. What they, in order to lighten up the pole, they also lighten up the hammer spring. So if you're using match grade, not, excuse me, not match grade, military mil spec ammo, and you can get light primer strikes. Do you need that? Do you need a, a 3.5 pound trigger or even a 4.5 or a 5 pound trigger on your fighting rifle? No, you don't. You don't need that. Now, is it going to hurt if you're playing with a gun? If it's, if it's a competition gun and you know it's a competition gun, is it a big deal? No. If it's a precision gun, if it's a hunting gun, is it that big of a deal? No, it's not. But if it's a fighting gun, it needs to be robust. And if it's a fighting gun, you say, well, it's no big deal. I make sure that I, I hand load all my defensive rounds. And I'm like, when people say I hand load all my defensive ammunition, I'm, I just, I get that, that chill up my spine. I'm like, stop. Your fighting rifle needs to be able to consume whichever or whatever type of ammo you can get for that fighting rifle. 
whether it's Federal, Winchester, Remington, Black Hills, or maybe it's the Spanish Surplus 556 or South African Surplus 556, or maybe it's an Indian uh, Surplus 556. Comes in, if it comes in a green can, a green GI can uh, on stripper clips, you want it to be able to run in your gun. Do you need a two-stage trigger in your fighting rifle? I didn't say match rifle. Calm down, match pewters. But like, I got two stage in mine. Shut up. No, and you shouldn't have one. You don't need a super light trigger in your gun if it's, and if it's a fighting gun. Now, yes, maybe you're like, oh, I got to be able to cut the X out of the of the bullseye so I can, you know, score 10x and, and win the match. Okay, fine. Put a four-pound trigger in it. If it's a fighting gun and you're going to be engaging targets from 5 to 50 yards, you don't need and you shouldn't be putting lightweight, frag- potentially fragile triggers in your guns. Okay. What about other stuff? What about other aftermarket things such as handguards or stocks or grips or whatever my suggestion to you guys is this especially if you're relatively new get a stock gun whether it's a smith and wesson m&p 15 there's nothing wrong with that gun it's a very solid stock gun get a stock 16 inch barrel retractable stock ar-15 from whomever i don't care who you buy it from take training Go to a two-day, at minimum two-day, 16-hour training class. John Farnham is doing, uh, if you're listening to this now, not in the days of future pastor, uh, if you're, John Farnham is going to be in Camden, Tennessee in February doing an urban rifle class. If you can get into it, uh, I highly suggest that you do it. I believe he's going to be there the 17th or 18th or the 16th or 17th. It's the middle of February. In Tennessee, at Tactical Response, John Farnham, fighting uh, urban rifle. The reason I tell you this is if you take a serious fighting rifle, urban rifle, uh, martial application of the rifle class with a stock gun, by the time you're finished, you will have a good idea or understanding what you need and what you don't need what could improve your performance and what necessarily wouldn't improve your performance. The one thing you don't want to do is spend a, you know, five or $600 on aftermarket accessories before you've even taken the gun to training. Cause now you're just buying stuff and you don't even know why you're buying the stuff. You know, you're buying stuff because you saw it on Instagram or it was a cool ad or whatever. So do you need a match trigger? Should you put a match trigger in a fighting rifle? No. Don't need one, shouldn't have one. If it's a light trigger, it's pr- you're probably going to get light primer strikes on mil-spec ammo, and it's not the ammo's fault. The ammo is designed for fighting, not for matches and for playing. And when it comes to stocks and grips and, and forends and this is and that's and all the other stuff that you want to put on your rifles, if you haven't gone to a serious training class and you're like, I'll go out with my buddies and practice so I know. No, you don't. The I go out with my buddies and practice, that's not training, and I don't know what you're practicing because you haven't trained. So 
if you really are serious about this and you're really serious about fighting with a gun in your hand and an instrument of liberty, get a rifle, get a good, you know, from a reputable manufacturer, go to a fighting rifle class, urban rifle, John Farnham, like I said, tactical response in February, middle of February's got one. I highly suggest that you get in it, get in it, take two solid days worth of training. And then by the time you're done, You'll, you'll have a great idea what you need, what you should have, and what you don't necessarily need, and you'll be in a better position to spend your money wisely. There you go. That is my advice to you today on the Student of the Gun University podcast. Thank you very much for being out there. And uh, remember, if you're looking for some sage advice uh, about fighting rifles, I wrote a little book called The Martial Application of the Rifle. Yeah, it's called The Martial Application of the Rifle. And I talk about all of that stuff and more in that book. And it is available at shopsotg.com right now. Uh, And if you absolutely have to have it in your hands this second, you can get a Kindle version from Amazon. How's that? Sound fair? Is that a fair deal? All right. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, thank you for being with me. I truly appreciate it. Remember, you're a beginner once. You're a student for life. Thanks for joining us today. We are big fans of the value for value model. Please go to SOTGU.com to contribute the amount that best fits the value that you got out of this lesson. It could be $5 or $5 million. By contributing, you will help the show grow and assist in the education of your peers. And remember, you are a beginner once, a student for life.